How you going? What's going yeah, on? Really, yeah, just at the end of the long weekend, just enjoying all the reviews that have been coming in and knowing that the album's finally out there. So it's a big relief on our end. Absolutely, man. It's a fucking amazing album. Oh, like, thank you. Man, yeah, like the boys and I just absolutely love it. Like um, like Ben did the review and he's like, this album's so brutal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Yeah. Very un- uh, in its vision, yeah, absolutely. I was listening to it at the gym and everything, and gets you going. It's a fucking amazing, amazing record. But how, I mean, obviously, it's super positive for all you guys. Did you celebrate it all together in some way? The release. Well, everyone's off with their families at the moment because it's landed on the start of a, a long weekend. It's the biggest one in the calendar, really. Uh, and I'm still down in Melbourne, so I'm quite isolated from the boys, but I'll be going up to be doing some rehearsals in order to be ready for the live circuit, and then we'll be doing some uh, proper kunterbunting up there once I'm up. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, did you plan to have it released on Good Friday, or was it just something that happened? It's it's kind of cool and an ominous sort of uh, head nod to a lot of the biblical references that I put into the lyrics over the last couple of releases. Uh, it wasn't intentional. Uh, I don't pay that much attention to the holy the holy calendar, but it's kind of good because it did mean that if people were chilling out and they weren't at work for the day, it was a good excuse to crank some metal while they're flipping the sausages or avoiding their kids. <laughs> That's it. Or getting the fish if they're like really yeah, yeah. You know, deep into the religious side of things. I don't think anyone follows that here. I don't know. A couple of people, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'll eat a steak on Good Friday and give a fuck. Anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, how how far back do these songs go, you know, to the pandemic? And, and, and did that sort of bleak period of time influence the writing and performance of the record? I would not say that it influenced the the writing of the riffs rather than it just gave us ample time to be able to send each other a lot of the preliminary stuff. So a lot of blueprints for the song Carl would mm-hmm. send out to everyone and we had a lot of open communication as a band of which direction it should be going. But Carl and I had already discussed the main theme uh, of like choice words and direction that we'd like it to go. So that was a cool little water finding device of where the songs might want to head awesome man awesome well i mean you know it, it, how how was the writing for it though like did you actually get a chance to flesh it out in a room together at some point the boys up in sydney did get little windows of freedom yeah. during the pandemic that they could go and rehearse and and but we've always been a bit of an email band we like to send each other our homework and we discuss it that way uh it's always great to be able to be in a room and get through it and work out where the, the nuts and bolts are of a song, but we become very efficient in our own isolation as well. Uh, for me, writing down here during pandemic was a for all the lyrical kind of things, it was a saving grace because it, it allowed me to keep my sanity. It was a project that distracted me from the monotony of being in four walls and it allowed me to really delve into the research side of things that goes into creating characters for these albums. In regards to the characters, that's something that really interests me. Um, you know, there's a full concept with, I believe it's four characters. It's based, yes. is that right? 
Okay, yes. so on the base on they they inhabit the key elements of where we've failed as as humans mm-hmm. and where the, the the ills of our society lie. It's a nice little totem that can be focused in and and in, be the body that these sins inhabit. Do they have names? Uh, have how far yes. back do the characters go? Uh, some of them rear their heads in amongst Vestigial, our 2017 album, and there are hints of certain characters all the way back to 2015 in the Tongueless as well. Wow. It, if, if you look at, say, the album title, uh, the titles of the individual tracks, on the Tongueless, the last track is called Megafauna, and on Vestigial, the first track is Hall of Extinct Mammals. So you can see where I've led from, that a living, breathing mammoth or so or a giant dodo, all of a sudden, we're now transported to the British Museum, walking along the taxidermy of everything we've colonised and destroyed. So I take things in in subconsciously and also very literally as well. So are, are they, in terms of the characters themselves, uh, how are they, they're human, right? They're human characters. Is that right? They can they can be human. Like everyone has the monsters within themselves. Yeah. So no one is completely evil. No one is completely good. And I have become both the oppressor and the oppressed. You can tell by the way, as if you were reading a screenplay between yeah. two characters. And different changes of pitch of voice, the settings of Carl's samples that will have leading into a track to make that really cinematic vibe of what is going on. The overall tone of the records allows these creatures and characters to inhabit. I love it, dude. And, and cinematic is definitely the word for it. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's. I would say that that comes hand in hand with uh, the experience of Carl uh, being in post-metal with We Lost the Sea. It's yeah. definitely a great way for him to cut his teeth. And then that also played into great effect with him learning the trade of animation during the, the cycle of when I've been in the band. So I've watched his skills flourish and that is able to illustrate our world along with Shapiro's fantastic videos that he films and directs for us. Uh, it all just creates this lovely ecosystem that our songs and our characters can inhabit. You know what? I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface of it. You know, yeah, we are one of those bands where, Sure, we do have singles, uh, especially of the more abrasive, faster, punky or hard, like metallic hardcore, black and hardcore uh, sounds. Those ones, they can be digested immediately and they'll smack you in the face. It's a very visceral, uh, energetic mosh pit style of a song. But a lot of our records, they have these post-metal opuses that bleed out and you're allowed to travel on a journey. There's subtleties in it. As well as being sludge metal, we, we draw on so many of our different individual genres that are able to paint a bigger picture and create that world. So a, a second listen, a third listen, you will scratch the surface and get more out of it. And I also intend people not just to listen to the gleaners start to finish, but also imagine it as in part of the triptych of the three releases as well. So the tongueless vestigial and the gleaners all as one body of work that even though it's the same sort of subject matter, it's painted with different elements of abrasiveness and aggression and sludge metal all throughout. There's a lot to discover. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot absolutely. to get into. I and- want you rambling on that little Frodo adventure to Mordor with me, you know? <laughs> I'll get my little backpack, mate. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's the thing. The more you listen to it, the more it seems to un- unveil about itself. And I really think you guys have really outdone yourselves. 
It's such Thanks a so fucking incredible piece of work. And man, I, I just I just feel like one day it'll it'll drop and I'll go, I understand everything. <laughs> I've got to wait <laughs> to that maybe, point. maybe you shouldn't understand everything either. It's always good to have a bit of mystery and embellish a story as well. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned the videos as well. Like, man, that racking video is fucking amazing. Like the mm. animation and did such a incredible job. Like Carl directed that, right? Yes, he did. Um, I was actually uh, f- the actor in that, screaming along those lines in his downstairs studio slash basement, uh, basically in my undies, while he <laughs> captured that in real time and then brilliantly rotoscoped animation over the top of it. So it's a it's a a particular style that it it has a really stark, nice crisp look to it as well as being really visceral and hand-drawn so all that viciousness and vileness of the performance that can be captured in those scratchy scribblings of a madman over the top yeah how long did it take to do it because it looks like man so much went into it enough to drive him slightly mad i'm sure Uh, (laughs) it's i would say that the uh the fear of uh christmas future of whether or not it was going to be a good clip in the end must have kept him on the on the mouse curse and keep going and going and going to make sure that all the edits were perfect uh i pity how long it would have taken him to do so for me it was the easy part i'd rather just jump around my undies for 20 minutes get a couple of good takes and then the poor sod has to do that for the next five weeks (laughs) it was well worth it well worth it is there going to be merch with the uh the animated version of you on it i could imagine <laughs> but i don't know maybe you'll see like a little head bobbly thing you can stick on your, your cardboard dash <laughs> look, look at me look bro <laughs> yeah you know i want action figures i want like busts with the teeth coming at man like yeah how do you want to just give you my bank account details now? yeah <laughs> take like, my money yeah, yeah absolutely bro i think there's there's definitely something there that you know in a collectible sense i guess there's there's some wonderful merch items that we do now have out for the gleaners cycle which uh, they're all very uh stylish very very crisp some of it looks like it could be inducted into hogwarts other it looks a bit like military propaganda the rest of it's just very subtle pieces of art um yeah, there's something for everyone in it. And we we enjoy that part of creating it just as much as the song part in the end because we all are very artistic at heart. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, talking about the whole cinematic side of things, are you looking at taking that further in future? Like, are you wanting to, like, write scores or, or even do, like, a, a concept movie like Pink Floyd, The Wall, I- incorporated with your vision? Look, to be honest, I saw a window uh, in of like a more, uh, sorry, a gap in the Australian music sense of heavy releases where you have artists like uh, Men at Work, sorry, not Men at Work, um, uh, Midnight Oil. Yes. You have artists like Sump of the Great, Moju. These are people that are, they're there with their heart on their sleeve showing the injustices of our country, especially when it comes to people's lost identities or cultures or environmental extremes. But I had not seen much done of that xenophobic profile of the, of the failures of our country with a real Eurocentric view to it done in the heavy sense. So no Australian band to me in my, my foremind has released concept albums in heavy Australian music of that nature 
and I'm I'm obsessed with the concept stuff of say Roger Waters of yep. Gallows, Ray Britain. Um, these are ones that take me on a journey where I do not skip from track one to track ten. I I consume it as if I would consume an entire novel, and I would love that our work would be discovered and celebrated, or at least left in sitting in sadness of its of its message in that way. Uh, I'm very proud of what the band has done with over this release. And I really think it's our most expansive and experimental piece of music we've done as a band so far. 100% dude, 100%. And I'm excited to see what you guys do next. Yeah, thank you. It's definitely injected some faith in in us experimenting, you know. So we didn't want to just redo a formula. There will always be elements of that groove at the heart of songs, at that sludge groove. But the need to keep ourselves interested and be genuine to how we're going to create music, that was the driving force of, yes, we can do this. There's no doubt left here. We go out. We do it our way. Really seems like you've got a green light now. Like anything is possible. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it, it, yeah. it, it, the highway's free, man. You can just do whatever you like and, and open yeah. those doors. And I think that as, as an artist, there's nothing more exciting, I think having yeah. that freedom and you're not bound to the chains of, oh, we have to do this. You know, yeah. we have to be this. We have to sound like this. And it's it's cool, man. Yeah. I think that when artists are in that moment of being uncomfortable or outside their comfort zone, that unease, mm. but in it, that's when it gets most exciting. That is when you're like, of course we can put in this cinematic part. Of course we can use this sample. Why why shouldn't we have animal sounds as samples in this part? And you just build up this this portrait of, of the creature that you're trying to flesh out, and that's when you know that you've done it right, when you left feeling the impact of your own risks. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And, you know, I know you guys go on to, I guess, sludge as the genre. But uh, I don't know, man. I think there's more to you guys musically and conceptually than than that title, personally. Mm-hmm. I think it's more for the for the, the the ease of the journalist usually. Yes, we've noticed. Of course, we are enjoyed quite a bit in Europe. It helps a journalist's ability to pigeonhole us somewhere. Um, if that exposes us to people already within that sort of realm, that's fine. But for us we're always going to draw on our different backgrounds anyway. So it's it's all subjective of what you want to call it. It is yeah. definitely heavy. It's definitely extreme in its own ways, whether we go fast tempo or slow tempo. And we just want that really extreme, whether it's extreme happiness, extreme sadness, extreme rage, that purity to be spilling out. Well, I mean, as you can see behind me, is it, have, we, have we got the thing, the tool? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you are. I think my thumbs right there. There yeah. you are. Right there. Um, you know, what an incredible fucking show that was, dude. And I think I really think you guys got a lot in common with those guys musically in, in terms of, you know, I, they're hard to pin down in yes. genre. And I I'm discovering more bands like that and and they they're getting put under the sludge or it's like this hardcore metal core. Yeah, not metal core, but I don't know, man. It's it seems like there's this growing subgenre that hasn't really got that name to it yet. So yeah. 
I don't know, man. I've what would you call term it? Black and sludge being thrown around lately to me, okay. but I didn't even know that was a term when I first joined Load like 11 years ago. So yeah, there's a new little tag that goes with everything every every year, it seems. And I I would like to think that at least in the genres that we've been placed in, we at least raise the bar a little bit each time with each next release. So as long as we, like it's so important to me that what a person, like a fan thinks of our music, mm. but it's also important to me what I I would associate with, say, my peers in my genre as well of what they think. Um, when I hear someone like that tell me that they enjoy my music, that, oh, wow, that's, that's just made my day because there's no fucking money in extreme music. We do it for the love of it and the genuine expression of, of our art. And to have someone that you respect or see the effort that someone is enjoying it or researching what you've just created, uh, that that it just is is priceless to me. And how was it doing with those boys anyway? It was a wonderful experience. Was, they're fantastic dudes, really humble about their craft, uh, immensely ta- talented for each of the members, and it was also a lot of a lot of laughs as well. So they've they've got a good sense of humor, which is great because we are very silly at heart. When we're doing music this extreme, you got to be able to let off steam and be silly afterwards as well. So yeah, a lot of puns, um, a lot of silly sightseeing, and just fantastic uh, crowds at each show. And that was one of the highlights for me because I grew up on Gaza. I was a, a massive fan of theirs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I had to do the embarrassing thing on the first afternoon of guys, all right, gather around. Can we get this over with? And I pull my pull my jeans up and I show them my Gaza tattoo and I show them my Gaza backpack. And then they're like, oh, Jesus, all right, okay, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to stab you in my sleep, trust me. But <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, yeah, a, a wonderful bunch of blokes. And, and that record, A Patient Man, was easily the highlight for me of that year. So it was just the right place, the right time. Our friend Lachlan Watt uh, was happy to have us on board, and it was a dream. One of one of my highlights of my musical career for sure. You know what? That that talking about albums coming in at the right time. That album was came at me at the right time as well. Patient mm-hmm. man, like, yeah. It, it's weird how 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 music can do that. Hey, like you just be in a certain place and you discover this album, and then it just seemed to come along on the ride with you and sort of yeah help guide yeah. you through it and that was a record that that did that for me so yeah know, and i i I'll, feel that way in, in iso I, I i feel a lot of people gathered that from the most recent uh napalm death album yes it, for a bunch of older blokes they show you just how vicious and to the point and also not afraid of experimentation as well in their genre to create such a bold piece of work even amongst the chaos of what's going on around them. That's one of their best albums I've ever done. Uh, I, I I repeatedly go back and delve in further to each song because there's so much going on. I can't even remember the title of it, but I love it. Was, uh... Death, uh, Death and, no, was it Death and Joyism in the Throes of uh, Defeatism? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the yeah. dub on it, with a really yeah. uncomfortable album yeah. cover. But uh, yep. <laughs> man, Barney's Barney's a massive influence on me. Like I, just... oh, same, same. But all his later work. So everything for me, I I tuned in uh, after Diatribes. Hmm. So my favorite album actually theirs is Apex Predator Easy Meat from yeah, two fifteen. Yeah. Yep. And yep. that's where I I was 
uh, got the balls to want to throw some more sort of preacher at the pulpit style vocals to add spoken word to almost have that chant that that drunk uh monk in a in a temple vibe uh everything he does it it sounds very throaty very phlegmy and full of anguish and rage yeah, yeah. i love his vocal performances he's definitely an iconic force and live especially for his age like mm. the pacing, <laughs> like yeah. I, I found, I found someone said, "Mate, you do a lot of that. You know how Barney paces like." So yeah, he goes, "You do that." I go, "Do I?" And they go, like, "Yeah." Maybe it's sunk <laughs> in. I, I don't know. I, I, and he's such a lovely dude. He's yep. such like a, but he spits so much fucking venom. I love it. Yeah, man, here's the napalm. <laughs> but we're not talking about napalm. We're talking about you. Well, let's yeah. feel it back to, to you. And what you're doing, because mate, you're you're going uh you're going on the road very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, this goes up after it gets announced. Oh, so I can yeah. tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got an email from yeah. this afternoon going, look, it's getting announced here, so I won't put it up until after. So we're yes. all sweet. Okay, so yeah, we do have those people listening. We do have a few shows that we're bringing the Gleaners uh, cycle out to you with our good friends in hand, um, Black Lava. So they'll be bringing uh, themselves along for each of those shows. We're doing June 10th at the Evelyn in Melbourne with Black Lava and uh, Class Traitor. And by now they would have brought out their new material, which is fucking killer. Then we've also got June 16 at Crown and Anchor in Adelaide, the Cranker, as they like to call it locally, uh, with Black Lava and Issuars. These boys gig a hell of a lot, and they're saved a little bit of their steam in the tank for us, which is great. And then we have got the next night, June 17th, at Crowbar in Sydney. It's us, Black Lava, and Issuar again. And then... Finally, in July 15th, we are playing as one of the main headliners with Extortion and Disentomb. We're playing the Cold Night in Brisbane. So that's the new massive metal festival that's been put on by a couple of good friends of ours. And Black Lava will also be along for the ride as well. Uh, That's going to be probably the, the gig to go to this year in Brisbane. And other than that, there'll be some more spicy little little shows that we'll be doing later in the year, but I'm just putting those lineups together. And if you check out www.lookandbehold.net, you can watch all those crazy film clips that we're talking about. You can see all the dates that are coming up and snap up some of those hectic final variations that we now have for sale. Mm. Done and done. Mate, yeah. I'm so keen. Yeah. Mate, I was yeah. like, I, f- I forgot to to co- cut and paste the, the dates in there. You just went, you know what? Sit down. I'll drive. Became a bit disc jockey there for a second, didn't it? Mate, yeah. Have you ever considered doing the podcast thing? Because you, you, you know, I reckon you could do it. I like to, yeah. I like to spin the yarn. I'm, I'm, I'm a good close talker, so it's safe for people if they have a, a podcast with me rather than a personal chat because they're not going to get any spittle on them. Uh, <laughs> I did do a podcast during lockdown to keep my sanity with my little brother. It's called Dylan's Dissect. Uh, it's okay. ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and it was often in very pickled form. Um, uh, we we discussed everything from silly films to childhood memories about growing up in Southern Sydney, but uh, yeah, 
I, I much prefer the ability to be in complete control of an environment of what playing in a band is. I know the lyrics. I know where it's going to come in. I'm able to rely on my bandmates to push me forward. And then I just get to enact that preacher at the pulpit that I would have been in the lyrics. What about a companion to low in some way? Do you a companion that, to? Yeah, like a companion sort of podcast that would sort of maybe delve into the things or do you would you prefer to keep things uh in in yeah, under you know interpretation yes i definitely think this i would like to give the freedom for the listener and the the way i see it is low is made up of the sum of of us as a family unit but it's it is carl's baby and his visions of the of the way that the music is shaped i merely am an actor that that is able to live in the world that he's created. So without his riffs or without Griff's drumming or without Shapiro's bass playing, then I am just a vessel, you know, I, I don't exist. So I am a, I'm, I am a product of the, of the world that shapes around me. If it came to say acting or um, something else, another project, then yeah, I, I would be able to become a different character for that. But I quite like the chemistry that that I have with the boys, and I can always trust that the music that they send to me or that we talk about together is always a genuine expression of what we should be doing. Mate, that's one thing: is when you're up there doing your thing, you are. I think I mentioned it last time. You you're like a man possessed. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit exorcism, but sometimes it sometimes it, it takes over, and then. Like Lachlan Watt told me once that I was the, I was Jim Carrey's The Mask of Extreme Metal. Yeah. <laughs> Just because of all the rubberishness of the face and the gestures. But I figure if you're going to be otherworldly and, and extra human and vile in your lyrics, then to be genuine to the song, I, I want to inhabit the whole thing of it. So, yes. Yeah. With that, though, I don't. It's very genuine. I don't think it's something like this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to act. Oh it, no! It, no, do you no. feel that because I I've gotten it when I perform sometimes, and I go, where did I go? <laughs> you know where? Oh, okay. Where did you, I have an out of body experience? Absolutely, man. When I like, I don't feel like I'm myself when I'm performing. Okay, what right. it is? Do you feel that way as well? In a sense that you something seems to maybe another part of you or, or something takes over and, and drives. I don't know what it is, man. I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure it out myself. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think it's muscle memory of, 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 cause I've done a, a lot of shows now over the years. I, I guess it's muscle memory of what I'm able to do and what feels genuine in the moment. Mm. Um, so every venue is different and every crowd's different. Uh, but there is that in, that discipline I have of not drinking before shows and getting enough rest and going to the gym and, and making sure that the body that I am using to thrash about and, and convulse is still going to be able to do it the next night. Uh, but it is, it is the performance of personality that is what I'm doing while I'm up there. So yeah. I am conscious of what's going on, but most of the time it's making sure that I am right to the music and that I'm in time and that I'm hitting the note that I recorded back then and doing the justice to the album really that's what i'm thinking about there you go man 
So it's it, I just find it super interesting. It's like another experience playing. Hey, like yeah. you know what you're doing, but it's I don't know if if you could just bottle it or get someone yeah. someone can explain this shit to me. I don't know. All I know is how I feel when I play, and I sort of when I watch you perform, I go, man, like he's he's channeling something. It's <laughs> going on, dude. There's something going yeah. on in in that dude that that's I don't know. Maybe that's a bit hippy dippy. I don't know. But <laughs> no, I think I think that's great. It's, if you didn't have that sort of nervousness or anxiety before going on, or that adrenaline, then I think it would be a very sad day to just turn up, clock in, clock out, go home. Like I, I, I love the the feeling of a live performance. It's just like nothing else. And when we record low albums, at its heart, it's making sure that that live essence, that live energy, mm. is. is Still there in the songs it's better to have it a bit rough and ready at the edges and and a bit crunchy so that it does translate better live so it is there so that spirit hasn't just been lost yeah sometimes things get too polished and it removes the humanity from what you're doing i never get that with you and your performance oh, that's great i'm glad that's i thought you were about to go well i'd hate to tell you well <laughs> Sit down, Sam. We're gonna do something. No, <laughs> yeah. no, not at all, man. Not at all. But uh, of course, you know, you got this tour coming up. That festival is gonna be fucking incredible. I can't wait for that. Uh, but uh, what else is is on the cards? More Haddlemore, other projects. Yeah, there will be some Haddlemore stuff hopefully happening at the end of the year because we are marking, I think it's the 12th year now since Sinium, the uh, first ever album, was released. So we might be dusting off a few old covers uh, and and pulling them into the hat. And also uh, it's about time we probably do another album. But uh, congratulations to my guitarist, Ben. Uh, he'll be celebrating the birth of his firstborn very soon. So that is why things in our camp are slowing down just slightly. And I don't blame for that. Everyone's got to be there for their first one at least. And then I would say... It's all steam ahead for low. We've we signed with Doomstar uh, touring to, with nice. them. So with them, that it's mostly overseas stuff. So we will be taking Gleaners on the road and doing uh, hopefully an extensive uh, Europe and USA run to back that up. Man, that's going to be incredible, dude. So hanging out on the show, brother. We'll have all the links down here to the Gleaners. I uh, hope you and the boys uh, have a kick-ass. Uh, run up to these shows and we'll see you in Brisbane. Here's the mm, yes. down here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Stay metal. <laughs>